still feel not. Episode 176. The one where we analyze this new fangled music. The Feel Knots Podcast. Christian news from around the globe. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. Explore the vast reaches of God's word. Hello, all you Theo nitpickers out there. I'm David Caddy. I'm Jeremiah Orr. And together we are... The, the, the Theonauts! I'm going to blame that on my on my uh, tablet. That's slowly expanding. <laughs> it's, like, it's like coming undone. At some point, at it's just going to go... It's like Samsung. I guess it's... Um, Is it still recording? Is it working? Or whatever. Yeah, it's but it's um, <laughs> it's weird. It still plays, but there's like a centimeter gap <laughs> I don't between even... the screen and the body. Us theonauts, we always have the cutting edge technology yes. for uh, your listening ear. I don't know what's causing that either. Hi, David. It's almost like it got wet and sweated. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know. It's weird. Hi. It's been since... 1987. I can tell you. March 22nd. March 22nd. <laughs> So we missed all of April. Yeah. And ha- happy April. Happy April. Glad you It's gonna be my <laughs> Don't start that. Dude. It's gonna be stuck in my head. So it's so funny you're like, it's my generation. It is in sync. Totes. Gonna be my How old were you when InSync was popular? Uh I was let's see, when that album came out, I was graduating high school. Okay. 2000. Wow. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was like, that's my daughter's generation. <laughs> like, I was, I was hearing that music because of my daughter. <laughs> no, you got to understand, man. That Britney was... Spears. It was. Dude, I will never forget the first time I saw Britney Spears. Woo, doggies. <laughs> I was. On Disney? No. No, no, no. I didn't even know who she was. I was shopping for shoes. <laughs> And I went in a Journeys. And back in the day, they used to have music videos playing in Journeys when you went in there. Right. Back when, you know, people went to the mall before they shopped online and yeah. all this new I don't know stuff. what you're talking about. Well. I've never been to a mall. Yeah. Well, uh, I looked up and Hit Me Baby One More Time was playing on that <laughs> on that TV. And I was like, I'm yours. <laughs> in her schoolgirl <laughs> yes. uniform. I was in love. <laughs> I had a poster of Britney Spears. Did you really? I did. I'm not even playing around. <laughs> she was amazing to me. That's so awesome. Oh, my goodness. Anyways, I also had a poster of uh, Joey from Dawson's Creek. I thought she was amazing. <laughs> Going through my past loves. So, yeah. Um, and that, and I w- How do you segue out of that? I don't know. <laughs> but I listened to all that music. Oh, yeah. Christina Aguilera, all those um, I'm a genie and I bought all Disney baby. kids that, <laughs> from the Mickey Mouse Club at the yeah, time. Yeah, the Mickey Mouse Club. And uh uh yeah, the Backstreet Boys. Instant, I, it was like it was terrible music, but it was fun. Mandy's listening too, so Oh, I'm sorry, Mandy. Yeah, so it was it was good. I enjoyed it. <laughs> it was definitely pop. 
Like yeah. it was the tip of pop. Like are boy bands even a thing anymore? Oh, they are. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's you know, it's more. What's what was the last big famous one? That they kind of come and go, right? Because they, they were a thing in the eighties. Yeah. I can't remember the name of that band. Oh my gosh, Alyssa, Alyssa McCauley, like was in love with this band. I forget their names though. Anyways, but so so much for uh, trip down memory lane with <laughs> Jeremiah and Britney Spears. <laughs> Jeremiah and Britney Spears. I love you, honey. Don't worry, you have nothing to worry about. She shaved her head; it ruined it for me. So, oh really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so, so yeah, it's been a while since we've uh, time. since we've recorded. How have you been? What's going on oh, in your world? Let's see what all has happened since March. He got a tattoo. Twenty second. Got a tattoo. <laughs> okay. Yes, I do have a tattoo. Yeah, tell us about it. Uh, it is from the. Oh, it's appropriate because we're doing yes worship music again. <coughs> kinda. Yeah. And um, so. Um, it is from the classic hymn, Come Thou Fount. That's so, our favorite hymn, by the way. Yes, and um, I jumped in, got this uh, stanza before anybody else could take it. Bind uh, my wandering. Bind my wandering heart to thee. Yes. And it is like a camp scene uh-huh. with uh, pine trees and a heart tied to a cross. Beautiful. I like it. And it's not even done yet. You're going in for a second session. How long was your session? It was like, what, seven hours? It was like six hours. Six hours? That's insane, man. You <laughs> fell asleep in the chair, which yeah, I don't know point. how you would have fallen asleep in a chair with a bunch of, you know, a you needle know, just I really don't know how that arm. happened either, uh, except for I did jolt awake. Oh, did you? And I thought, oh, no, that was good. Yeah. This guy's working on me. You could have been, like, and flinging your <laughs> arm around. So I was like, uh, sorry, dude. And he was like, you know, it's actually quite common. I was like, really? And he says, yeah. Um, he's like, even though there's some pain involved, it's like a numbing thing. Yeah. Like it's a droning right, it is. Yeah. motion and all this. And he's like, so it, it messes with your with your synapses. Sure. Things start firing weird and you go to sleep. Yep. <laughs> like That's kind of strange. That is. I never expected that one. Wow. But anyway. I love it. I think it looks cool. Thank you, man. I'm a big fan. Yeah. I wish I could get another one. We'll see. Sure you can. <laughs> so have we talked about your new venture? Um, let's see. Do you I, want to talk about it? I bought a timeshare in Acapulco. Yeah, no. that one. No. I am officially leaving Texas. No! <laughs> At the end of this month, I will be moving to the great state of Oklahoma. To the middle of Oklahoma, to Oklahoma City, and I will be working at a church. I'll be doing my youth ministry thing again, Mm -hmm. uh, and probably going back to seminary very soon, as soon as I start there, and uh, and leaving David in the way, and all of our family here in Texas with a broken heart, we're doing this, but we know that... um, God's got stuff for us in, in Oklahoma, and so we have to do it. No drama or anything. No, we love each other. Theonauts is not going to stop, even though we haven't been recording a lot. There's been a lot going on in our lives, like yeah, we always say obviously. every time. And uh, <clears throat> so 
Hopefully, I think, actually, once we get settled, the Theonauts will become even more of a constant in our lives because we're just going to need to... That'll be the way we connect in a lot of ways. Connect. That's right. And so, uh, you know, this might be a bad thing for us, but an awesome thing for you, the listener, who gets to <laughs> chime in and, and listen So they're on. like, yay, Jeremiah's moving. Uh-huh. That's right. So... We'll try to do it via, I think, Skype is what we're planning on. We'll see how that works and just troubleshoot it. But wonderful world of technology, we can... Uh, yeah, we'll figure this out. We can record it together and, and still maintain the theme. You get your not. super church to buy you some uh, recording equipment. Super church. Whatever. Mega church. Your mega church you're going to. The village is not a mega church. <laughs> Don't even. <laughs> Whatevs. <laughs> It's like, uh, isn't, it a, isn't it a Matt Chandler plant? No, it is da- not a Matt Chandler uh, David plant. Plan. David Platt. No, this is not David Platt. Oh, that you're thinking of Dallas and the village. Uh, oh, this is, the village. Okay. This is village. How can I confuse that? This is Village Baptist Church, <laughs> which, uh, yeah, I'm going to be Southern Baptist once again. <laughs> They're probably listening, so I won't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, man. <laughs> Love you to death. So, yes, you too. So I'm going to miss you around here, but we will make sure and keep the Theonauts alive. That's right. You know, it's been such an amazing journey in ministry, 176 episodes. I can't believe that. And uh, we're going to make it to at least 1,000. At least 177. That's right. (laughs) So... It'll also give you a chance to bring in some other Theonaut blood, maybe. Yeah, we need to do that. I've been talking to uh, Riley, Riley a little guy, bit. Yeah. He's got some uh, some ideas that he wants to ro- run past us. He's always got hand, some ideas. So. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. So cool. We look, look forward to that. So, so are we ready to rock and roll? Hey, let's do it. Uh, let me find my buttons. It's like so hard. transition. It's actually labeled Segway. Segway? Yeah. Like the thing you ride around on? on a Spelled different. Oh. <laughs> Is it? Okay. <laughs> so, David, what are we talking about today, huh? We are talking about songs that Jeremiah should not bring to his new church. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jesus is still all right, is out. Just all right. Yeah, he's, just all right. He's just, just all right. right. What, what about uh, you spin me right around, Jesus, right around, yeah. like a record, Jesus, right around. <laughs> it's almost around, as good round, as round. Spirit, I'm going to the spirit in the sky. Yeah. Spirit in the sky. <laughs> That's where I'm going to go when I die. When I die. Um, yeah. So, we were just, we were kind of trying to figure out what to talk about mm-hmm. on kind of short notice, because we haven't had a lot of time to put a lot of study in this. No. But... We got a topic or two that may be pretty meaty. We're really excited about the next one. I'm excited. Come we got to, but we have to study. We actually have yeah. to do some theology. So give us, give us a second. Studying. Let us dive in. So this will be a like a little bit lighter topic, but yeah, because yeah, so, there won't be any opinions in this one, <laughs> right? <laughs> at all? No, no, no. Nobody's gonna <laughs> blackball us for this. But so I guess the point of this this Theonauts episode is. Loosen up. Analyzing, yeah, loosen up. Analyzing <laughs> some of our modern worship songs that we do. Uh, there's been a lot of controversy and backlash over yes. a lot of modern worship songs. Um, and we're going to hit one that I've had to argue with all the time. Yeah. yeah. About, but uh, 
It's probably the one that's driving most of this. Yeah, but you know, there are a lot of worship songs that people, if you go online and you type in, which, which we did, songs that we shouldn't do for worship, you yeah. will be amazed at some oh, of the stuff that pops the up. The blog pages, the, there's the top 10 songs we should stop doing. You know, I right. mean, you'll find that like all over the place. Right. And it's like some guys, I was like, are you kidding me? They're just like, angry. They're angry elves. You just don't like the musician. Like right. you're not even, you're, you're, <laughs> your arguments are just completely hollow. Yeah. But <laughs> I guess one of the things that... Um, that I got an issue with some of this is like, um, I think people are just way too sensitive Mm -hmm. about, about a lot of this. Like, um, we're all humans and humans are writing these songs. Right. And, and we also remember this, that Christianity doesn't stand a hundred percent on every single topic together. Nope. Like that's part of the beauty of it really in some ways and unity through diversity diversity amen yeah so um so you know but it's like if you don't uh, if this song doesn't peg my theology everywhere my eschatology view my i mean it's just like go down the list whatever my pet thing is if this song has one lyric that could possibly take away from this Oh, we should just throw it out. Yeah, it's worthless. Yeah, and 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 not look at any of the. Uh, so, you know, it, this isn't going to be a top ten ones that we think you should toss out. We're actually going to defend. Yeah, we're going to defend these defend songs these more than just a little bit because you know. And disclaimer: we're not saying that you should do every new contemporary worship song that's been thrown together and put out there. Um, a really good resource for your worship minister, if you have a worship minister or you are a worship minister, to read is... The Bible. uh, The Bible, absolutely, number one. (laughs) But a good resource to help you kind of weed through music that you want to choose for your church and for your worship service is uh, Bob Coughlin's Worship Matters. It's a really good book, and the premise is basically... We should be, number one, worship does matter, defines worship, and then defines praise and what we should be, what aspects we should be looking for in a worship song that mm-hmm. we're going to be playing with our congregation. And there are there are some bad songs that you really shouldn't do, and a lot of them are well, actually hymns. We, we, beat, you know, we beat hymns up one time, right. so, I mean, a lot of hymns, and gotten some hot water about it but <laughs> but anyway um so it's not like we're some of this is just personal preference right you know it's like even in those songs we weren't saying hey you should stop singing these songs mm-hmm. we were just basically saying this isn't a fa- i'm not a fan of this song right because it says this or you know whatever but uh and and if people would address that like these songs that we're going to talk about like that, that would be different. But when they don't, what happens is they get flamed yeah. on social media. And and, then- and somehow <laughs> you're targeted as a liberal church or targeted as, you know, uh, a person who doesn't care about theology whenever you do these songs in worship service or mm-hmm. consider them as good songs to do in worship service. And so uh, we're, we're going to go for it. Are you ready for this? <laughs> yeah, so you... We want to start with uh, the Matt Redmonds. Let's just do, yeah. Let's do your list. Okay. Well, let's let's put. I'm going to put the big one at the back at the end. Okay. Deal. Okay. That's fine. So, okay. Let's start with "Blessed Be Your Name." 
Oh my goodness. Which is we we never do that song in worship. No, I didn't do it last Sunday <laughs> at all. At all. <laughs> Actually, yes, I did, and I love this song. I big L O V E love the song. And anybody that argues that it's bad theology, I argue they're not reading scripture rightly <laughs> because uh, <clears throat> it's absolutely true. The whole thing screams truth. Okay, so you want me to read through the lyrics? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, blessed be your name in the land that is plentiful, where your streams of abundance flow. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name when I'm found in the desert place. Though I'll walk through the wilderness, blessed be your name. Every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. And when the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, blessed be the name. Uh, Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. Uh, next verse, blessed be your name when the sun's shining down on me, when the world's all as it should be, blessed be your name. Blessed be your name on the road marked with suffering. Though there's pain in the offering, blessed be your name. And in the bridge, you give and take away, you give and take away. My heart will choose to say, Lord, blessed be your name. Yes. Okay, so what are the arguments against this song? So there's actually two different arguments. And the first one that I see come up actually came to me. Um, I was leading worship for a uh, um, a service for youth, and you know this was a ongoing thing, and I had this pegged to do actually right um, after a teacher of the youth group passed away, and so I had this set to do. And the one of the pastors came up to me and said, hey, you really can't do this song here. And I said, <laughs> really, why not? And he said, well, it's really, it's not very good theology. And I said, what do you mean? How is it not good theology? And he said, well, you're implying that God takes things away from us, where God is a life giver and he gives us everything freely. It's not God that takes things away from us, you know, uh, and so by implying that you're making you're you're showing God in a negative light. <laughs> and it's it's just not good. It's not good theology. And I I 100% disagree. All over scripture God takes things from his people. All over scripture. You can start with Job where actually the lyric comes from. The lyric comes from you give and take away, which is in the Bible, by the way, it's in Job. Well, you could go all the way through to Paul where he says, I was given by God. I was given a thorn in the flesh, Mm -hmm. right? Which is a negative thing, not a positive thing. Right. So that I would rely on God. And all over Scripture you see God taking away things, stripping us of the things that we might hold dear, and good things, stripping us of good things as well as bad so that we can cling to him. Yeah. Which is the whole message of this song. Yeah. And so and it's about it's it's a positive message. It's a biblical message because what it says is I am going to praise you in good times and in bad. Right. And that's really the heart of the message. Yeah, in the midst of the suffering. Mm-hmm. So the other argument I've seen is it's too human focused or ego focused and you're going to find that 
Yeah, uh, we're gonna keep coming up with that. Yeah, we're gonna keep up coming up with that. It's too ego focused for a worship session, which the song basically is focused on your life and your walk and how God's taking things away and giving things. Um, but is this not focused on a characteristic and an attribute of who God is? That He deserves our worship even when he gives things and takes things away because that's the kind of God we serve. He is supposed to get all our glory. And so I deny the fact that this song is too egocentric. And even if it is egocentric, it still leads us into worshiping God for one of his attributes. Yeah. His sovereignty. Yeah. Right. Which you know is a main focus of worship, worshiping God for His sovereignty. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot more that I want to talk about too on that. There's a an, we'll cover the next song. We'll we'll talk about it. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, I think the for one, this is a, this is one of those things. that's a pet concern, mm-hmm. and that pet concern is the name it claim it theology is going to hate the song, right? Because of that, because of the Job lyric. Yeah. And you can. I mean, I'm good with saying not every Old Testament story can be applied to your Christian walk because, A, Jesus isn't in every Old Testament story the way things played out, so you can't mirror it. A perfect example of that would be Nadab and Abihu. Yeah. They offered strange fire and got struck down by God. You can't do that now. I'm sorry. There's no way that will happen. Right. Because the veil's been torn. There's no holiest of holies that we can't go into. Exactly. It's been removed. And the thing that killed Nadab and Bahu is gone. Right. Like the separation is gone. Right. Jesus is now standing in the gap. So yeah, you can't always just take an old Testament story and go, Oh, they got killed. So therefore you shouldn't do it. No, what it's saying is they got killed because they came into the presence of God unclean. We've been cleaned. Right. And so just stuff like that. And so I'm, I'm not, arguing with the fact that Job may not apply to us in every case. But then again, this is talking about the nature of God. It's not talking about... Exactly. It's not talking about Job's uh, uh, theology on that. Because they definitely believed good people get good things and bad people get bad things. Right. Like that, what, all of Job's friends preached that. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you could go out there and just start quoting Job chapter... <laughs> seven or eight and be pulling out of uh Elihu's message and be totally wrong. Right. <laughs> but in this case, I don't think that there's a much of a leg to stand on because and even if there even if there is, is this something that we can't have grace about in d- having different opinions about? Right. Um and you know, again, that's I love this song so much because it again points out the attribute of God, which I think is one to be praised in his sovereignty over all of creation, including us, right? And knowing that he is the good gift giver, mm-hmm. but he's also a taker. He takes things from us for our for our uh, betterment. Mm-hmm. You know, I look at it like a, a father takes things from his son out of his son's hands that, you know, that would be bad right right and so and regardless of whether i mean there's so many ways to view that Mm -hmm. too is it okay god allows 
things to happen or does he physically do it himself or whatever? And the bottom line is it doesn't really matter because the point of the song is not knowing God's personal business. That's right. Like get out of his box, stay in your lane. That's right. It's not your it's not your business how God runs things, right? It's your business of how you react. Yes. And how you praise. And the point of the song is I'm going to praise him no matter what. When it's bad and I'm going to praise him when it's good. Exactly. Because he's worthy of praise mm-hmm. all the time. And that's the point of the song. Amen. And there's no bad theology in that. Right. So right, absolutely. Okay, so uh, okay, so since we were on, you mentioned the whole egocentric concern. Oh yeah, let's bring up the one that's recently been uh, creating some uh, backlash and whatnot, and that is um, "Who You Say I Am." Is that a Hillsong song? I don't know. All I know is this is another one that I have a personal yes, story with. That too. is a Hillsong song. Is it? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, pull up the lyrics because this is interesting. The title is "Who You Say <laughs> I Am." Here's here's verse one. Okay, who am I that the highest king would welcome me? I was lost, but he brought me in. Oh, his love for me. The chorus says, "Who the sun sets free, oh, is free indeed. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am." Verse two, free at last. He's ransomed me. His grace runs deep. While I was a slave to sin, Jesus died for me. Yes, he died for me. In my father's house, there's a place for me. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. And the bridge says, I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. Oh, yes, I am who you say I am. (laughs) Okay, so the biggest argument here, again... There's no theology, by the way, that's wrong in the song. No, and I don't think anybody's actually claiming that. Not at all. Their their big argument is, look at the, how many times the word me is used. Mm-hmm. It's all about me. It's me, 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 me. And if we're worshiping God, it needs to be you, 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 you. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I've heard a couple more interesting arguments. That That phrase, I am is a big deal. Right. And I can understand, and I get that argument a little bit, because whenever they quote, I am who you say I am, I am who you say I am, the answer back is... That's the name of God. That's the name of God. There's only one I am, right? and that's God. And so whenever you're you're saying that, it's almost like you're putting yourself in God's shoes. Which is not the thought of the author. No, not at all, (laughs) not the intent, not the thought of the author at all. I get it if your personal preference is against the song because of that. I totally understand. But you need to listen to what it's glorifying. So what attribute, and I continually go back to the attributes of God. So in worship, for me, the attributes of God are essential. Mm-hmm. Whenever you're singing worship, you need to be focused on who God is, right? And that what what part of God's characteristic or attributes are you are you worshiping? Mm-hmm. And in this circumstance, the resounding answer is his grace and his love for adopting us as sons and daughters. Right. And bringing us completely out of disgusting muck and mire and allowing us to be who he says we are, set free sons and daughters. <clears throat> That's the attribute of God there. 
Yeah. And isn't that something worthy of worship? Amen. That's something that we need to, to focus on. Okay, here's my big thing about this. Okay. My big thing is we're creating guidelines that God didn't create. <laughs> okay. okay? So here's the thing. Worship. Worship is proskuneo. Like, let's talk about the word proskuneo, to come before as a dog comes before his master. Sure. Okay, so there are many ways worship happens. God, you are amazing. You're great. That's worship. That's praise. If I say, I'm horrible. I'm a dog. You love me anyway. Thank you, Jesus. That's worship too. If uh, it, it can even be argued, if we want to go into the whole um, um, different, um, what is the, the other Greek word? I wasn't prepared to talk about it. Uh, Latrio, whatever it is, Latria, which, yeah. which is which is uh, worship through works. Right. So you can even argue that helping this old lady across the street is worship. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now I think that in worship songs, it needs to be, um, it needs to be directed to him. I do agree that, but that can be done by not only telling him how great he is, but what great things he's done. Right. In my life, and so. Um, to me, this is a new thing that where we have separated worship and said, no, 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 no. Worship is only you, 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 and not me. Because if you look historically, okay, let's go to John Newton. Wrote one of the best worship songs of all time, Amazing Grace. Are there any, are there any egocentric passages in Amazing Grace? Sure. Yes! It's all over it. Yeah. I mean... He calls himself a wretch. He's like, um, when we've been there 10,000 years, I mean, all of these, it's all about what he's done for us, right? Mm-hmm. Now, let me take that back a little, a little further. These people even read the Psalms. <laughs> the Psalms are the Psalms are worship, right. and they were used for worship by the Jews long before Christianity even yeah. came into being. Amen. And so, uh, and they're the actual inerrant. And nobody words. was going. Hmm. I don't know if we should lead this Psalm because David really is talking about himself an awful lot. <laughs> Psalm fifty-one. Perfect example, yeah. creating me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me, right? I mean, sure. Uh, and on and on and on. Look at all the uh, look, look at all the uh, the psalms that are about him struggling in the desert yeah. and being chased by his enemies. And but it always comes back to, but you rescue me, mm. you protect me, mm-hmm. you destroy my enemies. Amen. Right. Now, David is me, 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 I, 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 but it's all about God right. and what God's doing. And guess what? Everybody called that worship. So stop it. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, it's, if it's about how great God is, either in his natural form and what he's done on the earth, or whether it's how great he is in our life, mm. it's still praise. Amen. And it's still worship. It's so good. I think this is a ridiculous argument. It really bothers me. <laughs> apparently. <laughs> apparently we know exactly. I, 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 so I'm off my high horse now. Well, go, I mean. Go read the Psalms, please. Why don't, why don't we do one that's uh, a couple more that are just like that then? Okay. How He Loves. 
Okay. I got that one. <laughs> Crowder. Well, actually, it was a. Uh, well, oh, that's right. It was uh, John Mark John McMillan. McMillan. But Crowder made it popular. Yeah, and Crowder changed <laughs> a lyric in there that. That lyric's been changed more than once, too, by the way. I think it's really cool. Oh, it has? Yeah. But go, but go ahead. No, you got the lyrics? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. Um, yeah, verse one. He is jealous for me. Loves like a hur- loves like a hurricane. I'm a tree bending beneath the weight of his wind and mercy. When all of a sudden I'm unaware of these afflictions eclipsed by glory, I realize just how beautiful you are and how great your affections are for me. Oh, how he loves us so. Oh, how he loves us. Um, yeah, he loves us. Yeah, he loves us. <laughs> <laughs> Verse 2. We are his portion, and he is our prize, drawn to redemption by the grace in his eyes. If grace is an ocean, we're all sinking. So heaven meets earth like a sloppy wet kiss, and my heart turns violently inside of my chest. I don't have time to maintain these regrets when I think about the way that he loves us. So, what's the problem with this? It's a passionate song. I love yeah, this song. Yeah, it's extremely passionate. The whole sloppy wet kiss thing. Okay, we want to talk about off. that one first. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, well, what do you got? okay, you know the original uh, story behind that, right? No. I thought you were, I thought you were the one who was telling me that. Well, I knew that he had sloppy the, wet kiss. Yeah. Well, okay, so And then Crowder changed it. When Crowder to, recorded it, he was afraid that sloppy wet kiss would be unapproachable. Right. People wouldn't like it. It was kind of gross. A little too um I don't know. Well, weird. And but, this this brings up another aspect that people say, you know, these your boyfriend songs. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. you could like sing these to hey, your boyfriend. Hey, Jesus is, is my boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> you could sing these to uh to your boyfriend as much as you sing them to Jesus. Right? right, right. And so and I I don't know, I sloppy wet kiss it is very passionate. I don't think I'd have gone there. I don't know why. Well, but. it says looking at the context it's heaven meets earth with the sloppy wet kiss. It's not necessarily a boyfriend th- type of thing. It's talking about the, God kissed us the by co- sending right, Jesus. Coming, the incarnation of right. sloppy wet kiss. Yeah, and it was sloppy. I'm sorry. <laughs> it happened in a manger in a stable. Jesus was born among horse crap. Yeah. So I, it's sloppy. Mm-hmm. It's a good verse. It's a good lyric. But, okay, so Crowder changed it to... Unforeseen kiss. Unforeseen kiss. Which, if you think about it, is a little creepy. <laughs> yes, guys, doctor. <laughs> He's a, it's like turn around and somebody smacks oh. one on you. Whoa, I didn't see that one coming. Whoa. So, uh, but then um, Flyleaf did this song. Oh, yeah. And Lacey Sturm changed the lyric to Passionate Kiss, which I think is appropriate. Yeah. It's not creepy. It's not quite as Stalkers. sloppy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but. Anyway, so this this has been a lyric that's been like massaged and sure. let's try and sloppily <laughs> handled. <laughs> well, uh, so yeah, and how he loves us all. So the refrain that people don't like is how he loves us. Oh, how he loves us! Instead of us seeing we love you, God, it's all about how God loves us. Mm-hmm. And so that's the argument. It goes right back to what you were talking about before, which is egocentric worship. Um, and again, I, I argue, well, it shows the attribute of how amazing God, God is love. 
Yeah. God is love, period. And so mm-hmm. we're we're glorifying the attribute of his love, which is a big deal. And uh I, I just I love the the imagery in this song is genius. Mm-hmm. B- uh Bending beneath the weight of his wind, you know, oh, we're hur- tree- him being a hurricane, and we're like bending beneath it. That's right. beautiful. Right. It reminds me of Rich Mullins when he says, uh, "There is a wideness in God's mercy I cannot find in my own," uh, and he talks about how we're in a reckless, raging fury that mm-hmm. they call the love of God. Mm-hmm. And I just, I love that. It's you know it's great imagery. This is called imagery, by the way, yeah. for people who don't like poetry. Have a little poetic li- poetic license, exactly. For... And there's nothing because wrong because there's imagery. a heart of passion here for for God. If and... it, if if you don't like this, then for sure don't read Song of Songs. Yeah, if you don't like this, you're not gonna like heaven. By the way, <laughs> serious. <laughs> I mean, and and yes, exactly what you said. So. The people that are having an issue with this are so hung up on the intellectual uh, side yeah. of theology, they're missing the passion in the heart mm-hmm. of what this even Worship is. Worship can't be clinical. If it's clinical, it's you remove the the heart out of it. Yeah, it's not... Okay, so let's go back to proskuneo. Yeah. You train a dog to do certain things, right? You, yeah. t- you tell a dog... I mean, you train it to roll over, play dead... All these sort of things. And whenever the dog does that on command, he's a good dog. He's a faithful dog, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You don't have to train the dog to jump on you when you come in the door. Right. He does that because he loves you. Right. You don't have to train a dog to lick you all over the face. In fact, most people try to stop that. Yeah. But that's proskuneo. That is what we're called to be in worship is he comes through the door. We jump on him. Yeah. We... Give him a sloppy wet kiss <laughs> because of who he is. And if this is boyfriend, Jesus, or whatever, get over it because you are the bride of Christ if you're in the church. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's just the way it works. It is a it is a romance. It is a love affair. Yeah. And you can't do anything about that. You're not just going to be, you know, a, a soldier in the army. There's going to be a romancing here. And... I mean, I don't want to go into the whole gender issues with all that or whatever because it's spiritual. But there's, there is a pursuit by him to us that is passionate. And so to me, songs like this are very close to the heart of God. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't have a problem with the whole... There is a, there's a lyric here that I, I'd flip personally, but I don't care. The whole we are his portion and he is our prize. Right. I'd like I'd like to do um he is our portion and we are his prize mm-hmm. because he won us and he's our portion. Right, right. Which, you know, but that's just it's just the way he wrote it. So what whatever. It's not there's nothing theologically Yeah, nothing's gonna destroy change the heart of the of, of what's right. what's being said here. Right. Um but anyway, it's 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 just, it's just beautifully written. I mean, if, if grace is an ocean, we're all sinking. Now, didn't you tell? Maybe you were the one who was telling me that John uh, Mark McMillan wrote this after he lost a loved one, right? I I don't know. I don't know if I was the one that told you that. I don't, I don't know where I got it. all this information about this song. <laughs> but uh, and I may be completely wrong. I was hoping that you had all the information on that. No. But um, somebody told me <laughs> that he lost a loved one. And that it was in his grief 
when he realized how much God really loved him, and he wrote this song as a response to what he was feeling in this great loss and how huh. Jesus was holding him and Jesus was caring for him wow. in that loss. Um, but anyway, huh. and I may be completely off on that. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, so fact check me, Theo Knotts. Yes, Don't just yes, listen yes. and <laughs> be a participant. <laughs> All right. How about good, good father? You want to do that? Okay. Let me pull that one up. Good, good father. To you are. Who you are. I saw a, uh, a post where are. they were, they uh, changed good, good father to good, good boyfriend <laughs> in mock of the song. Oh, yeah. You're a good, good boyfriend. To you are. <laughs> to you are. I'm like, okay. You know, I think there's a lot of songs like that simply because most churches are populated with women. Guys just aren't showing up as much. And so they... They're catering to the audience. That's the type of stuff that's going to relate to them. <laughs> okay, so uh, good, good father. Verse one, I've heard a thousand stories of what they think you're like, but I've heard the tender whisper of love in the dead of night. You tell me <laughs> you're laughing already. <laughs> I just, okay, go you ahead. You tell me that you're pleased and that I'm never alone. You're a good, you're a good, good father. It's who you are, and I'm loved by you, and it's who I am. I've seen many searching for answers far and wide, but I know we're all searching for answers only you provide because you know just what we need before we say a word. You are perfect in all your ways. Love so undeniable, I can hardly speak. Peace so unexplainable, I can hardly think. As you call me deeper still into love, love, love. Okay, first off, there are people that argue this is egocentric, but the whole thing is you, 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 you. Yeah. This is who you are. Uh, and so you can't really say, hey, it's egocentric. That's bullcrap. But uh, there are a couple issues that people take. I laugh because I don't, honestly, I don't like this song. I think it sucks. Like. <laughs> What? It's just it's repetitive and boring and I like the song. It's G and C. Oh, over and over and Whoa, over and over again. Wait a minute, you're going to you're going to hate on a song because it's in G? No, I just it's just like over and Every over. Every time I go to play a song with you, what's this what's this in? Can we play it in G? Oh, come on. I don't say that every time. <laughs> <laughs> I capo to you. That's true. Anyways, so but good, good father, I, I just it's annoying to me. I don't, I don't like it. But there's nothing wrong with it. The argument that people have is that whole, the whole, the first verse. Yeah, um, and I can kind of see a little bit of that argument. Yeah. So the argument is, I've heard a thousand stories of what they say you're like. Yeah, that's right. There's a ton of different religions out here that tell us that God is this or God is this. God is vengeful or God is Buddha or whatever. Um, but and then he says instead of I read it, I read it in a good I book read it in your somewhere. Bible. Uh, he says I've heard the tender whisper of love in the dead of night. And the reason I started laughing is because I thought back to what you'd said about the sloppy or the 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 unforeseen kiss thing, and I'm yeah, like, creepy. how creepy would it be if like in the middle of the night you heard hey. hey. I love you. Hey, buddy. Hey there. <laughs> hey. It's God. 
Still this, small voice. This is my tender whisper <laughs> in your ear. Like this is as a male, that's like the creepiest crap ever, right? No way. So uh yeah, anyways. But well, I, honestly, I don't have too big of a problem with that. Like, um, because the still small voice thing is a important point in theology to me. Yeah, because everyone does look for God in the earthquake and the lightnings and the 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 fire and mm-hmm. and the great wind. But there's but there's value in being still and listening. Sure. So, I mean, I kind of get I kind of get it, but I also get where the argument's coming from is that it's speculative or subjective, mm-hmm. um, and so therefore it can mean anything. You could be hearing voices and just be a schizophrenic. schizophrenic. <laughs> You're I, I a actually, demon baby. Actually, so you a, are. I know God is a demon baby. He spoke to me. The I have night. a cousin that used to tell tell me, he's like, <laughs> Jesus told me that there was a devil in it. You know, just got killed a kitten or whatever. <laughs> kitten, not a kid. Killed a kitten because there's a devil because in it. Jesus told me there's a devil in it. You're like, go get medication. She was tripping on LSD. Oh my gosh! And, but it, and then she like swallowed this sock and pulled it out. What? Because is this a dream you had? Or is no, this, no. This really? This how my, old were you? This is my family. Uh, <laughs> well, to be to be fair, she was coming out of the '70s. Like this was. This was uh, she was part of cult type of thing, but Dude, any- that's creepy. But anyway, um, I've never heard the story. We really? gotta talk. I, about I have not this. told you about no. this. So she swallows this tube sock, like back then you know, it was a big thing. Tube yeah, socks, yeah, big yeah. long knee high socks. She swallowed this thing down to the lines, like the lines are hanging out. Yeah, and then she pulls it out and just tears up her esophagus. Yeah. And has to go to the hospital and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, why in the world did you do this? Were you trying to kill yourself? What? No. Jesus told me that there was a devil in me and I had to get it out. <laughs> oh, my God. So uh, it, so at one point she came and stayed with us. And she was sleeping in my room. And I was sleeping on the couch and I could not sleep. I kept thinking, what if she gets up in the middle of the night and starts thinking there's a devil in David? <laughs> Jesus. I've got to get it what out with a Je- butcher knife. What if Jesus tells, <laughs> tells her that there's a that, devil in you? And so I ended up sleeping in the downstairs half bath with the locked door <laughs> closed. <laughs> <laughs> Curled up on the little oh my gosh. carpet thing in front of the toilet. But <laughs> oh my gosh, David. That's amazing. <laughs> All right, good to know. Okay. So that has nothing to do with what we were talking about. Wow. <laughs> Well, what a crazy it's story. a subjective voice sure. talking to you yeah. in your head. I mean, so I can get the argument. Yeah. I just, uh, it's, there's, again, Father's Day, go play the song, whatever. <laughs> but, you know, and there are a lot of people that love this song, and they can sing it, and it, it, it's great for them. I don't, I just, I don't like it. I, don't I like, like the, the song. song but. I think it's, hey, here's part of the thing. I grew up looking at God. As a boss, yeah. as a taskmaster, and I, can I never understand. saw him as a father. Sure. And it wasn't until I understood that he was a father that things clicked. That yeah. Things started making sense. In fact, whenever I get into debates about what God's doing and blah 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 blah, it all comes back to that to me. 
Because I'm like, okay, how would I treat my child? And even Jesus did that. He would be like, hey, would you give your son a snake if he asked for bread? I mean, I mean, he has, you know, would you give him a scorpion? Yeah. I mean, these are, he says, you know, wouldn't our father in heaven be a better father than you are? And that was his whole point. So yeah. I like the I like the message because I think it's it's good to call him Abba. And <laughs> it's good. <laughs> it's touchy feely. I'm sorry, but I'm I'm mid aged and I'm getting soft in my old age. I guess I don't know. I mean, I like the lyrics. I just don't like the music. I, that's the reason. I don't oh, like okay. It. Just like man, like it's it's repetitive. It is repetitive. But a lot so of these are the police. That we do. I like the police. <laughs> Everywhere you <laughs> that song's not very repetitive, but I was thinking like message in a bottle. Message Send. in a bottle. Sending out an wow. SOS. Sending out. All right. okay. What about what a beautiful name? There's only one lyric that people seem to go Meh. over. Okay, let me pull it up. Here we go. What a beautiful name. Verse 1. You are the word at the beginning. You were the word at the beginning. One with God, the One Lord Most High. God, the Lord <laughs> Most High. Your hidden glory and creation now revealed in you, our Christ. Nothing wrong with that. Go to the second verse. You didn't want heaven with Ugh, What? What? <laughs> what did you just say? You didn't want heaven without us. Heresy! So, Jesus, you brought heaven down. He's a heretic. Shall we burn him? <laughs> My sin was great. Your love was greater. <laughs> what could separate us now? What a wonderful name it is. What a beautiful name it is, et cetera, et cetera. So, th- that's really the, the verse in question, right? Yeah, the that's one line. The line in question. Uh, you didn't want heaven without us. So, Jesus, you brought heaven down. What's wrong with that? Well, it implies that God was not satisfied in himself, in the Trinity, in, in, in heaven. And so he had to send his son down so that he could be satisfied in us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I don't want to get into the whole Reformed <laughs> theology conversation. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Bring it on, <laughs> cupcake. But <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but if we think about some of this a little bit logically, so I mean, I can understand where that's coming from. Okay, but at the same time, this also ties into our misconception of heaven. Oh yeah. So this this doesn't when we make this argument. We're assuming God's already living in heaven, and he's lonely, and therefore he's wanting us. But if we read it in the aspect of maybe heaven is not some ethereal realm in the clouds, but maybe it's New Jerusalem as described in the the New Testament. So if that is heaven, Jesus said in John 14, I've gone to prepare a place for you. you. Okay? Heaven exists because of us. Yeah. Like, we are the reason for heaven. Why would he build it without us? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. So from that aspect, I can get with this lyric some, because... So, it, yeah. 
I totally agree. And for you reform people out there, if you have a problem with this lyric, go back to one of your first tenets. God does not need anything, but what? what's the rest of that? But he desires. Mm-hmm. What is desire? What's a synonym for desire? Want. Hey, <laughs> whoa, blew my mind. So he desires a relationship with man. Mm-hmm. And that's okay that God could desire something. It doesn't make God human. Yeah. Forbid that. Mm-hmm. That's not the truth. God <laughs> desires sacrifice. God desires for us to glorify him. Yeah. The reason that he saved us was for his glory. He desires us to glorify him. He wants us in heaven mm-hmm. eternally him. glorifying him. There's nothing wrong with that when you put it in that way. That's true. It doesn't say that he didn't no, the that he needed us. The lyricist could have written three times as many lines to explain all that. Right. <laughs> Which I don't know if the lyricist even meant that or 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 what they they meant. But you know, people write this stuff from their heart. Yeah. Like this was written in total love for God. Amen. And that's part of my issue with why we're just wait. We've got like, you know, we're sticking the muds. Mm-hmm. Like we're so self-important about what God wants and what God needs and what I mean. It's like stop that. We're we're like his his theology police. <laughs> yeah, and and so and in doing so, we can lose passion. We can lose the heart of what's behind this. And this is art. These are artists doing yeah. this, by the way. They're not theologians. Yeah. They're Amen. not. They're not trying to make sure they dot all their eyes and cross all their right. t's. They're loving God, yeah, and they're spilling out. Mm-hmm. And there may some be some misunderstandings in what they're thinking, uh, but that doesn't. But how many? Don't throw us, out the baby with the bathwater. Yeah. How many? <laughs> how many times do we go to church and hear something we disagree with? And and here's the deal: if you if you think that. Everything has to be a hundred percent theologically correct in, in your singing. Then, by no means should you ever sing a hymn or sing oh, a, no a worship song that's <laughs> ever been written past the Psalms. Right. If you want a hundred percent inerrancy, there's only one thing that's a hundred percent inerrant. What is that? It's the Word of God. You should be singing the Psalms and nothing but the Psalms. But be careful when you sing the Psalms because maybe your theology might disagree mm-hmm. with it. And maybe you can sing an imprecatory psalm and still be worshiping God. Oh, nobody does that, boy. If we wrote, if Hillsong wrote a song, it was like, "May all the teeth of my enemy fall out." (laughs) How blessed is the one who dashes the baby's heads against the rock? Yes, like really. Okay, we're not even going there. No. All right. Are you so, ready for the big one? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, the big one. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Okay. Yeah. Everybody hates on this song. This is a favorite song to hate on. So read those lyrics. Oh, my goodness. Read those lyrics. Okay, so verse one. Yeah. Before I spoke a word, you were singing over me. That's Calvinistic all the way. Is it not? That's Reformed. It's totally reformed. Keep okay. going. Okay. So, you have been so, so good to me. Before I took a breath, you breathed your life in me. Wait, what? Is that Calvinistic? That, that's predestination. Right? Yeah, okay. 
keep going. You have been so, so kind to me. And oh, the overwhelming, never ending, reckless love of God. Oh, it chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the 99. Wait, wait, wait. God chased us. We didn't search for him. Yeah, there's some pursuit that's going on there. Wait, is that is that Calvinistic? <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, keep going. I couldn't earn it. Huh? I don't deserve it. No? That's total depravity. <laughs> Still, you give yourself away. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Yeah. Okay, verse 2. When I was your foe, still your love fought for me. You have been so, so good to me. When I felt no worth, you paid it all for me. You have been so kind to me. Uh, The bridge says, there's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up coming after me. So that sounds like perseverance of the saints to me. <laughs> Keep going. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down coming after me. So David, why? <clears throat> why in the world would anybody have any qualm about singing this song because it's so theologically in depth. Yeah. I mean, it's probably one of the best theologically in depth songs that we sing. The biggest argument here is that God is not reckless because he's thought everything through. He knows everything from the beginning to the end. Oh. He is sovereign in completeness. So um, we're upset because of a word. So he's reckless. He's never reckless, Jeremiah. <laughs> never. You know, we should read the the Bible passages this comes from. We should read all the Bible. Yeah, we should. All the like right now. <laughs> Okay, hold on. <laughs> no, no, no. Turn no. to Genesis. <laughs> <laughs> Leaving the ninety-nine sheep. Yeah. Matthew eighteen, twelve. What do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the ninety-nine on the hills and go look for the one that wandered off? Okay, that's a great. Um It's a great segue into this because if you've ever managed a flock of anything, you know, a herd of cattle or whatever, is that a smart thing to do? Absolutely not. Why? Because you're leaving the 99 and chasing after one. What's more important? Right. So there's some value. There's, There's a reckless, that's a reckless act. Like that's a shockingly reckless act. Yes. Think about it from... <clears throat> from our perspective, and this is a man singing the song. It's not God singing the song. The, from this our is... perspective, uh, a shepherd leaves ninety nine sheep completely, one hundred percent unattended, unattended to chase after one sheep. So, what if he gains that one sheep, and the ninety nine are attacked by wolves while he's away, and he loses thirty of them? Mm-hmm. Well, when the manager came back, he would go to the shepherd, and he would say, "That was." Reckless. Reckless. What were you doing? That was terrible management. What are you doing? (laughs) From a human standpoint, and that's, okay, so here's my biggest qualm with all of this stuff. It goes back to the artistic stuff. What he's doing is he's expressing human thought and human capacity in describing God's uh, attributes and describing God's... uh, God's tactics, okay? In, in an actuality, that is a great way to express his sovereignty. Yeah, that's right. It really is, because it means he's smarter than us, he's bigger than us. That's right. For, <laughs> uh, from all intents and purposes, from the human standpoint, 
That is a reckless act. Yes. But from God's standpoint, absolutely not reckless. But what are we singing from, if not from a human standpoint? I don't understand God. Isn't that, isn't that what we... That's exactly that's, right. That's what we should be singing. You are be, your ways are not my ways. Beyond me. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. This, yeah. Isaiah said this, right? So why can't we say this? Like, that's what he's saying whenever he says this is reckless love. It's like, it's completely unfathomable why you would do this for me. Right. Again, we're back to the egocentric thing. But still... <laughs> the point is that it, you know, from all <clears throat> human perspective, it's reckless. Yeah. So why in the world would you throw a song that is so, by the way, theologically rich, especially if you're Reformed? Yeah, this is a very Reformed song. <laughs> you would throw this out because of a word mm-hmm. which you misunderstand. Yeah. It's so disturbing. Disgusting to me. I just don't understand. <laughs> wow, that was harsh. Well, it's the, but it's the truth. I mean, well, and this song gets so much criticism. Here's, here's a similar thing, and this isn't a very popular book, so it doesn't get all the backlash. Like the song is really popular, but um, so there's a book out there. If you haven't read this book, by all means, go find this book and read it. It it will mess you up. <laughs> it's called the insanity of God. Oh yeah. Now, if you have a problem. With the reckless love of God, you're really going to have a problem the insanity with the of insanity God. of God. But the whole point of this book is that to us, what God does is completely insane. Like it makes no sense to us. And But that book is about suffering for the gospel. And if you're living in rich Western American Christian culture... Dude, you really need to read that book. That book will open your eyes as to what is going on around the world. But not to diverge from our topic, the whole point of it is that when Nick Ripken wrote that book, he was floored by how crazy it is that God does what he does. Yeah. And so therefore he titled his book, The Insanity of God, because it makes no sense to us. It's hard for us to wrap our minds around this. And so that's the that's the point of this term being used in the song is that this is insanity to us. Mm-hmm. But man, I'm so glad. Like I'm glad that you Amen. were reckless enough to leave your flock to come get me. Because where would I be without right. that? I mean It's powerful. Powerful message. It really is. And so Anyway, that's our Ugh. that's our rant. We'll get off of our soapbox. Uh, I, I want to make one more mention. Uh, Bob Coughlin says a really good statement um, because a lot of these. Another thing that this is from the Worship Matters books. Yeah, uh, and I'll just I'll read this real fast. Actually, it's from his blog that he makes this statement because one of the big things people have been addressing lately is should we sing songs from. Oh yeah, that's a, good point. a um, uh, a group of people or gr- a church background that um, their theology is jacked up whack as far as like a lot of name it claim it. So, for example, <laughs> for for you and I who are not, I wouldn't describe us as charismatic. Um, Correct. Although we do have. Although I'm not a cessationist either, I wouldn't describe us as charismatic. Um, 
should we be singing songs non-committal from crazy from Hillsong or Bethel, which I have a serious problem with their practices, especially their street preaching in which they go and show a guy. They just basically yeah. do parlor Ex- tricks. Extend your leg. Extend your leg and do that to, to try to win people to Jesus. But I, I don't know how deep that goes into that. Yeah, I have a serious issue reason. with that. But, you know, <laughs> should we be singing songs from those cultures that are basically the the biggest song, the biggest names in worship music right now? Right. Um, right. Should we be singing songs from that? And there's a lot of controversy about that, especially in our in our neck of the woods where, you know, we either were from Reformed churches or non-Reformed, but um, definitely uh, Protestant, um, traditionalist, conservative churches. Um, And so Bob Coughlin makes a whole bunch of observations. Number one, he says, number one, you need to look at the theology of the song. You need to examine the song away from its source, and you need to look at it. Mm-hmm. Is this song edifying, glorifying to God? Is it theologically okay? Is it is it something that displays an attribute of God? Is it something that, that worships God? If that's the case, then why are you so focused on the source? Mm-hmm. Because you can use this in your own context, in your own setting, and the source doesn't matter. Now, if you're playing every single set from Hillsong or every single set from Bethel, you might be glorifying Bethel or Hillsong a little bit. Yeah. Right? But he says this great quote, and I I just think it's really good. Bottom line, he says, if you find a song that communicates biblical truth in a clear, uncompromising, beautiful, singable way, and your congregation is trained to value truth over popularity, you're probably in the position to benefit from singing that song. If you're unsure, you've got plenty of other songs to choose from. Oh, that's true. So the point is, you know, stop vilifying churches that choose to sing songs that Bethel does, like Reckless Love, which is produced by Bethel. More or less, yeah. Um, Or, you know, What a Beautiful Name, or we do Oh, Come to the Altar, which is a great song. Um What's the the one? I'm no longer slave. No longer slave. That's uh that comes right out of Bethel's. Right. Uh, you know, <clears throat> don't don't vilify those churches simply because they're doing Bethel songs and think well then they're aligning themselves with Bethel. That's not the that's not the truth. Where they're aligning themselves with God's truth. Yeah. And Bethel doesn't own copyrights to words. <laughs> <laughs> so we need to be careful who we're judging. We're sitting in judgment over and making ourselves these pious gateway keepers of worship, mm-hmm. which is ridiculous. And don't ever tell somebody that they're not, well, their worship isn't genuine here's because thing. it comes from a Bethel it, background. We spend so much time thinking about this stuff, we're not actually worshiping. Yeah. I mean, true. don't circle, don't get so caught up in the minutia here that, that you're, you can't see the forest for the trees. You're too busy picking out the bark off the tree <laughs> than trying to see that there's a beautiful forest here around it. Yeah, there might be a that might be a blemish on that piece of bark, but right. step back and worship God. And so I think that's that's the bigger picture. Don't lose your heart for worship. Don't lose your passion because a line in a song doesn't mesh with a pet theology or a pet... Mm. Uh, I mean, there's beauty and diversity. We'll go back to that. But anyway, 
So are we done with that? Yeah. Oh, let's do some news. You All have, right. You got some news? I got a couple things. All right, let me find my segue again. Where'd it go? And now, the news. All right, so most Christianity is, is extremely shocked over what um, Rachel Held Evans' tragic death on Saturday. Oh, yeah, I heard something about that. Yeah, um, so if you don't know who Rachel Evans is, she's extremely popular, especially in the more liberal to um, moderate Christian circles. She She was raised evangelical, but she started really fighting for more liberal standpoints um, throughout her career. But she's just a famous Christian blogger, and uh, um, she said some amazing things, even though I don't agree with a lot of what she said. <laughs> she's she's just a special person. She died suddenly at 37 years old. Basically, she went in a coma and started having seizures, and, and then she, she passed away. And so, um, you know, the the Christian community is is broken over. I'm, you know, I've read Beth Moore saying sobbing over Rachel Evans' death. My heart is broken for Dan and the children, and for all of you who loved her so much. I will spend my time. I've been daily praying for her family um, and all of you. It's you know, it's just it's sad. So, Jen Hatmaker, I don't know if you know that mm-hmm. that lady. She said we're crushed um, over it. Um, so many, so many people. So, just pray for her family. It was a shocking, shocking thing. And whether you loved her or hated her, you can still pray for her family. Um, you know, she was, she definitely was about the love of God, which is a big deal. And right. so, um, uh, you know, it's a sad thing. All right. So this is this is funny. So two weeks ago, Endgame came out, right? Yes, it did. And uh, <laughs> so this is a great clip. You're not gonna play that clip. Are you? I'm gonna play it. You wanna hear? It? No, don't play it. What? Oh yeah, So okay, just suffice to say, this youth pastor two weeks after Endgame came out now. If you're not a big fan of the Marvel Universe, I'm I'm a huge fan of the whole MCU. I loved it. Um, amazed by it. You and I went and watched the movie yesterday. Finally. Last week I had to go and view of a call to Oklahoma City, so I didn't get to watch it yeah. when it came out. But finally got to watch it. Amazing movie. If you haven't seen it, go see it. No spoilers needed. Uh, but so this week, a youth pastor during his sermon... <laughs> revealed, like, spoiled it for the entire youth group. Yeah, gave away the ending. Like, like, just straight up, maybe you're, you know, blah, blah, blah over this, blah, blah, blah. And, and like, immediately everybody just started booing. And I'm thinking, (laughs) this poor guy is probably going to lose his job because he spoiled in-game. I can't imagine coming back from that. Like, I would try to run away. Oh, my goodness. It's terrible. Uh, Anyways. (laughs) What did you you think about the movie, by the way? I absolutely loved it. One of my favorite movies. It's just really good. Yeah. The more and more I think of the ending, Uh like, it's just 
It's exactly I, what they needed to do. I thought so too. I was yeah. like, there was not a better way I could imagine that they would have ended it. Right. Like I, I thought they did it uh, a really good job. I liked how it tied back to the other movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole, um, the the whole thing with the time travel that took us back into the other movies that was just brilliant. Right. Like I, I, I thought that the, I thought it was just really well done. Yeah. And um, I mean, I was to be honest with you, I wasn't all that big of a fan of Infinity War. Yeah. Like I thought that there's a lot of people that didn't like it. It was a very messy movie. Like yeah. it was just like so all over the place and whatever. But it progressed the storyline. And it's hard to make a movie. Honestly, it really is hard to make an ensemble movie because you got so many characters. And they all have. You got to give a nod to all of that, and you know. You, and you have to do so much. So I get that you know they're struggling with how to build these movies, but this movie was. It still could have been edited. It was a little long, mm-hmm. but um, but man, overall they just did a knock knockout job yeah. on how they sewed everything up. There were some points where it was pretty slow, mm-hmm. like just brooding a little bit too much. Yeah. I, I would have liked a little bit more action. Now the the you know there was tons of action in the end, but it was just it felt like it was slow. Yeah. And I'm not I'm kind of the other way around. I'm not real big on the action scenes. You know, cut through yeah. them and let's get past it and tell some story. But, <laughs> but, but I really did like the way they uh, sewed up the um, some of the characters yeah. and gave them some uh, closure. And mm. It was just very well done. I liked it. Yeah, it opened the. The future wide for the next, you know, series. So yeah, they're going to shift gears and go different directions. And oh yeah, I hear like they're doing the Inhumans and other series. Man, of I really want them to do a good Fantastic Four movie. I want them to grab. I it. I don't even know if that can happen. To I, be honest. Okay, so here's my take on it. You ready? Okay, I'm listening. Number one, don't excuse, tell, us, excuse us for a minute. We're talking. Don't go tell ahead. the origin story. It's been done. Yeah, stop that. Everybody knows. Yeah. Just like Spider-Man. Yeah. Their problem is they keep going back to the origin story. So they did a great job in Spider-Man Homecoming by going five minutes tops. So you have a guy, you know, you do the the Fantastic Four Tower, right? Mm -hmm. And they're doing tours. And so the tour guide walks you through and it shows on a screen how they got their powers. That's it. That's all you got to do. Be done with it. Number two, the characters aren't, Bad characters. They're amazing characters, and they're a family. Focus on the family. That's aspect. a good point. That's a good point. I would. I would like that a lot. Yeah. So Reed is the dad and because they haven't done that. In no, the, in the previous movie. And his wife is is the mom, and the the two. I mean, Flame and and Thing and are thing. the kids. Focus on the whole idea of the family unit. Spend time building up that family structure. Number three, don't do Doctor Doom. <laughs> don't do him. He's like the main villain, though. Pick, of the, an, of pick another villain. Doctor Doom, every time you do him, he needs his own movie. The guy is, for all intents and purposes, the best, the biggest, to me, the biggest, besides Joker, mm-hmm. villain of all time. He owns his own country. His, his, his motives are not negative, but negative. He wants to rule the world, yeah. but it's not for his own reason or for his own glory. It's because he thinks he can do everything better. Yeah, Thanos. Yeah. So don't focus on him. Go to start out with, go with a smaller uh, villain. There are plenty of other villains from the Fantastic Four series that you can go off of, right? Mm-hmm. 
just do that. That would be an amazing first Fantastic Four movie. And why in the world haven't they done that yet? If you're listening and you're a <laughs> Fox or whatever exec and, and you, you know, do that. I'm telling you, it'll be awesome. And then you combine all those other, they you know, get, uh, Spider-Man was a member of the Fantastic Four at one point. You could combine all these other things, and it'd be awesome. You should get John Corman to do it. Yeah. Corman. That's great. <laughs> He's the one who did the original Fantastic Four. Right. Movie. No. Right. <laughs> the one that never made it. Yeah. <laughs> the the, uh, <laughs> the Have you ever seen that? I've seen parts of it. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. So I stayed at, with a family who had a bootleg of it. Right. And I watched that. It was, it was so bad. The I, worst thing I've I've got seen. the John Corman version of Captain America. Oh, yeah. Yes. Where he's riding a motorcycle with a motorcycle so helmet. So bad. <laughs> so bad. Yeah, I, I know. I've seen it on your uh, thing. Yeah, it's hard to get through, actually. It's painful. So, okay, so we kind of diverted there. Diverted there. Yeah. Are, are you got I'm done. We'll, we'll be done for the day. Oh, okay. <laughs> Unless you want anything else. No, let's do this. Where's the okay. script? The script. I, that I keep needing to redo. So is there anything that needs to change in here? I don't think so. I think Finding Crescent Cinema is still going strong. Yes, they're still there. Secret Fire Podcast is still there. Yeah. These people so, don't need to hear this, but we're just rambling. Okay, here we go. Okay. The Theonauts are part of the Great Commission Transmission Network using new media and social networking to go into all the world and proclaim the good news to everyone. To find out more, go to gctnetwork.com. Subscribe to the newsletter. Stay up to date with all of our shows, including Finding Christ in Cinema and the Secret Fire podcast. Visit your website at Theonauts. Visit our website at theonautspodcast.com for show notes and outlines. Listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or your favorite podcast catcher, and be sure to rate us because that helps us reach a larger audience. There are several ways you can contact us and leave us feedback. Send us email to theonauts at gctnetwork.com or call us on our voicemail line, which we have not had a voicemail in a long time. No, we haven't. So you people pick up the phone. Call us at 972-885-7270. Tweet to us on Twitter using at Theonautical. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash theonauts. And if you like us and want even more Theonauts, drop us a buck or two at patreon.com slash theonauts. Your patronage helps us in our expenses like hosting fees and equipment costs. Don't forget to tune in again and explore the vast reaches of God's Word with us. All right. Thanks for being here, Jeremiah. Thank you, David. God bless. Reckless love. This has been the Theonauts Podcast. Call us with your questions or comments at 972-885-7270. That's 972-885-7270. Love to hear from you. You are tuned in to the GCT Network. This is your Great Commission. This is your Great Commission transmission. At GCTNetwork.com. This is your Great Commission transmission. Dan, what is your deal? If anybody doesn't know, Dan is the worst.